Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of DM Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Ben Bumhopper. How are you doing tonight, Ben? I am doing okay, and by talking, I just woke up the cat, so you might hear a cat. That That's a that's kind of a mainstay on this show, <laughs> pretty to be, much. to be honest. Uh, but the cat is not the only one who might be joining us oh, tonight. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> we have two wonderful guests that are joining us this evening, Greg Tito and Shelly Mazanoble. How are you both doing tonight? Thank you so Hello. much for coming. Also woken up by Ben's talking. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm good for something here. <laughs> I tell you, I resisted the urge to meow onto the microphone as soon as he said that. <laughs> Didn't want to speak before I was introduced, but meow. Yeah, it would it would be very it would be very normal. Ben, ben has Ben has talkative cats sometimes. Definitely. Oh, I love the vocal kitty. Baxies. Oh, yes. We love we Good love our kitties. Yeah, we love our kitties. Um. <laughs> Greg and Shelly are the hosts of the official D&D podcast, Dragon Talk, as well as a myriad of other things. So I wanted to give you both uh, a few minutes to just kind of introduce yourselves, uh, tell our audience just a little bit about you, and uh, we can start with Shelly and then Greg, and then we'll dive into our discussion for tonight. Well, thank you so much for having us. We are very excited to be here. Um, I'm Shelly Mazzobel, and by day, I am the senior brand manager for Dungeons & Dragons. I mean, the whole day job, right? I'm <laughs> super cool. It's like up there, you know. Um, <laughs> right up there with like dolphin trainer or actress on a soap opera. So it keeps you busy <laughs> and, and out of trouble, essentially. <laughs> Those are two choices so yes um and i am also the co-author with mr greg tito of the upcoming book welcome to dragon talk which is a lovely little book all about our podcast uh, dragon talk and some of the incredible guests that we've had the pleasure of chatting with over the seven years that we have been recording this podcast i do believe though to be fair at the probably by the turned this book in it was only six years of content um but anyway, we we wrote about of the people from the D&D community that have very graciously shared their time, their passion, their talents with us and talked about ways in which how they've inspired us just about this community in general and how it's grown and how diverse and large and inspiring it really is. Inspiring is in the subtitle for a reason, because uh, that is really what Alt of Dragon Talk always ends up being for us and for hopefully the people that listen to it. Awesome. That's super cool. Excited to have you. Uh, Greg, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am Greg Tito. I have been many things in my life. I was a theater carpenter, a stage manager, a secretary. Um, I was a stand-up comedian, a playwright, and none of those things worked. Uh, so I started writing about uh, video games and that that hit a little bit and I got excited about um, uh, everything around Dungeons and Dragons. I was playing that a lot uh, in the mid to late 2000s uh, and uh, was excited to join Wizards of the Coast in 2015 and 
in the first three or four weeks I was working there, Shelly was like, I want to do a podcast. Do you want to come with? And we were like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, that was the beginning of us working together, making content by interviewing folks within the building that were designing cool games uh, around Dungeons & Dragons to inviting more and more folks in. And uh, it has been a, a dream come true to be able to work with someone as cool as Shelly and uh, continue to get reminded each week when we record Dragon Talk of just how much uh, the work that we're doing impacts people um, from, uh, you know, cosplayers and streamers to map makers to mental health professionals and teachers and, of course, Hollywood actors and directors and storytellers in their own right. Um, this podcast has talked to so many different types of folks, and we were really excited to uh, put that in a single volume. Welcome to Dragon Talk. Uh, and and uh, really shout out how diverse and amazing this community around Dungeons and Dragons is. That's that's super awesome. That's that is uh, definitely uh, podcast goals. I I think you <laughs> you both are over four hundred episodes, I believe at this point. At this point, it's it's a little bit. Uh, and this is we had to do this looking at the research <laughs> for this book. It was like, how did this podcast start again? Uh, so that's how I got involved with, was in my little thing there. But the actual feed for Dragon Talk, the RSS feed that uh, has been where we've been publishing episodes, began with Acquisitions Incorporated. Uh, it was the fourth edition podcast that was put together uh with folks from uh the penny arcade web car uh, cam comic uh and um uh, chris perkins that's where we started and then we ended up okay that's 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 not we're doing more interview talk now and so we we, we ended up uh rebranding and changing it to dragon talk uh and then a lot of that stuff went on to our sister feed dungeon delve um so it's a little bit muddy exactly how many episodes that we have done um but we like to say three two four hundred <laughs> <laughs> somewhere somewhere in there somewhere there. that's for a podcast that's even just uh just a hundred episodes is is a very very long running podcast so. absolutely and congrats to you for what was it, 81 did you say Seven, you were 78 at? we're getting 78 we're getting close very close. you're almost there i see should hit our hundred next year and then we're just going to stop, there. maybe do something else for a little while <laughs> then have a rebranding and then stop that so yeah. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about about the book, um, and just uh, for for those who are interested in in checking this out when it when it comes out, um, maybe uh, you guys could share a little bit of what this book is about and uh, some of the maybe even some of the advice that you've gotten because you said you've been doing this now for seven years. Uh, there's been a massive amount of diverse people that have come on to this show to talk and to give advice. And that's kind of the point of this podcast is an, an advice podcast. So any advice you want to share, this is this is perfect uh, for this. When I saw you were uh, talking about the book release, I was like, man, I got to I got to ping Greg and see <laughs> see if uh, they can come on because that's that's right up our alley. So um, I would just get Give the floor over to you guys. Talk a little bit about about the book. The book is a collection of essays that Greg and I each um, we we have each written about half of them. We're we're not co-writing even the essays, but at the the head of the chapter, you will know who 
has written this particular essay. And like I said, it's really about the, the some of the guests that we had a really personal connection with or something that really touched us about or we had a, a, some commonality in it. And when we were putting the book to the proposal together, we each came up with a list of guests that we wanted to write about that we had that that strong connection with. And the strange part was we didn't have a lot of overlap. Like Greg, we had like a really spe specific list and a very specific list. And there was maybe like one or two names that we were both like, oh, yeah, we both really passionate about this particular interview. It's not to the other interviews that are not in this book are not there's no reason other than space like we could we've we've joked about it like it could be a trilogy like we could really keep writing these books you know there's a lot of guests here but um you know we, we had to narrow it down somewhere so uh i forgot what but yes okay yes the collection of essays and um there's also a little bit about the history like we have mentioned about the history of the D, &D community and kind of the evolution of that greg does a really great job in kind of mapping out where it started and where it's now going and i think that's a really important part of the book we also talk a little bit about dragon talks very shady because again like some of it even though i was there for the whole the whole time i don't even remember a lot of the details and not a lot of people who who worked on the pod at that time are even still here uh it, we are extremely lucky that we have had the opportunity some of really the most prolific people in this D&D &D community when you talk about getting advice they are generous with advice that is one of the things that I love about this community is that people want to help people come into this wonderful little hobby of ours the more people that are playing the better for everyone I do remember seeing something once and it was a person that just said, play d and I don't know. What and all of these people were like, I'll play with you. I'll show you how to play. Join my table. Come to bed. Join me here and there. And it was so overwhelming and so, so incredibly wonderful. But as far as advice, we do have a very self-serving segment on Dragon Talk. And that is called How to DM. Because I want to learn how to be a dungeon master. I do feel like that is something that players should at least try. And you should at least try it the same reason why everybody should work retail or food service yes. in their life. You have got to <laughs> yes. see like, yes. how the other half, like how the how hard it is to actually do this job and to really appreciate the work that goes into it. So even if you just try it one time, I did have had kind of, I had a bad DM experience in my past. I really choked. It was miserable for everyone, especially the pe the poor players that had to watch me just crumble and die um but i and i never really uh -oh. had the guts to go back to it but i really want to i really admired dungeon master and it wasn't until i had a couple of the neighborhood kids girls even express interest in how to play D, D that i felt the call i must go i must teach them the dungeons and the dragons and i took all of the advice from that how to segment put it into play and one of the best pieces of advice that everybody has told me is don't over no point in it it will never happen it's not meant to happen in a linear way you don't want to know 
this game is going to be played. You don't want to know exactly where the players are going to go and who they're going to talk to and what they're going to discover because that's not the fun in it. The fun is the exploration part and it should be fun for you too as a dungeon master. So don't take it as like a failure on your part. Like, oh, they didn't take the breadcrumb. They went through that door and they should have went down the stairs. No, 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 it doesn't matter. And then several people told me that if you do go down the stairs and not out the door and the thing you really need them to see is out the door, put it, it's your world. You can just move things around. So that was like eye opening to me. I felt totally free after that. Like, don't have to over prepare. I don't have to know what's going to happen. And there's, they don't know how things were supposed to play out. So you can just change things anytime you want. And really, or the the players too, you can get off of them, see what they want to do, see what they're excited about doing, just just deal with it. Honestly, I don't know rules. I just there. I terrible with with the rules all the time, <laughs> especially as a DM. And you know what? Better you don't need. You can make those up too. That's Go right. That's right. Exactly. Yourself free. Set yourself free. <laughs> yourself free. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, it's it's really interesting that you mentioned that as a DM because I feel like, as as a player, I had a very similar epiphany when I when I first started playing because I I didn't start playing until fifth edition, and so I have been a huge video game player my whole life, uh, but I had never really played a role playing game. I, I I grew up I grew up in very very conservative South, uh, so so I just that wasn't a thing until later in life. Uh, I saw Critical Role just randomly on a Twitch stream, and I and I got kind of sucked in and hooked, and I was like, man, that seems fun. I should find someone to play with. Uh, but I had that similar epiphany of um, I was expecting it to be like a video game where you have the invisible walls everywhere and when you i i finally realized there's no invisible walls i can just ask to do something and try and do it like that to me was the oh this is this is incredible this is amazing yes. i can i can make this my own i'm not playing necessarily something that someone has set out for me and i can only do xyz yeah, Shelly, yeah, yeah. I, I think that you've nailed it with the whole, you know, if at first you don't succeed, jump right back in and, you know, just really try again. So I got into D&D actually from those Acquisitions Incorporated podcasts because, nice. yeah, I'm just like, OK, cool. This sounds like a lot of fun. They're having a blast. I'm going to find people. I'm, I'll DM it because no one else will. So I went into it with the whole idea and mentality of, okay, no one could ever take too much damage and die because that's not fun. And, you know, just like all these really bad takes on stuff. So I was going through, we kind of played uh, here and there kind of sporadically. And then it just, it wasn't as much fun as it could be because, you know, I, I had all these things kind of holding me back. And then once, you know, fifth edition came out and, you know, I kind of started looking through that a little bit more and I'm just like, I really want to play again. And that's when I kind of had a similar epiphany of like, I don't need to completely prepare everything. I just need to kind of go in, see what happens. I need to have like kind of, you know, the bare bones in here. And like so far, my players seem to really enjoy it because we started as a one shot and now we're 
I think three years into a campaign. And nice. I mean, it's, it's just, again, you know, take that extra shot. If at first you don't, you know, play the perfect game because no one will DM the perfect game the first time you really find out, you know, how rewarding it is to be able to just kind of, you know, create the world and have fun and, and, you know, show your players that they can do whatever they want. And, you know, the big trick is, is that they think that you've planned everything out, but in fact, you're just constantly changing everything all the time on the fly. And it's like, wow, they're, they're such a good storyteller. They had this entire world filled out, this adventure planned and everything. And you're just like, there's a dragon in a mountain. Let's see what happens. You know, <laughs> it's so true. And we've heard a lot too from people that we've talked to say their first time playing wasn't great. Like maybe like it was group or the wrong time or they just mm. it just something happened. It wasn't what they expected it to be, but they went back again. And I'm so glad they did because there must have been something in them telling you better. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you have, Dungeons and Dragons is for you. So like they it could have been years later that they went back and were like, OK, I'm going to try this again. And then they felt like experience. But I think that's important, too. Sometimes. It is the, the group that you play with is important. The dungeon master is important. You do have to, to mesh together, but I just a spot for everyone who really wants to. Play. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what about, what about you for, for your half? What, what is really, really stood out for you as you were, you were writing and collecting these, these essays. Um, for me, it was really exciting to uh, focus on the growth of the community and how much it has changed. Um, we were certainly aware of the fact that the tenure of time that we're talking about, the Dragon Talk began, uh, was was special in, in the history of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I started, as I said, in 2015. It was March. It was the first week in March. And it was the same week that Critical Role premiered on Twitch. That was wow. the first time. And so it was coincidence, but it was certainly a moment where like, okay, this is this is going to change the trajectory of all of the fandom around, uh, around D&D. And it was the rise of uh, streaming video in general. People were playing video games on Twitch, but the idea that, that you could watch other people play this game um really did bring in you know you the two of you as well as so many other folks into uh this community and so we certainly write about that we talked about a, a lot of our guests were early on streamers and people who were were on that uh that that cusp of of, of uh performing playing D, &D. um and we were all aware, like this is this is strange, this is new, this is something that is is going to be. And so we we were framing uh, the writing of this book around that period of time. And it was some advice that we actually got from our editor uh, at the University of Iowa Press that was like, okay, you guys are you guys are almost starting a story in the middle, right? There are there are going to be folks who are going to pick up this book who may not know all the context of why. You know the 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 people you're you're, you're describing doing streaming or, and why that's important. And so I was like, okay, cool. Well, that's a really good point. There are going to be people. So let's let's do a little quick refresher course of like everything so far. Uh, essentially, was was what we needed to do. And and I don't think anybody. A lot of people have written about the history of Dungeons and Dragons and how it uh, began with the designers and the company. 
but nobody had really talked about the community around Dungeons and Dragons and how that grow grew and shifted over the decades. And so I took that task. It was not easy, but I was like, all right, I'll go in and try to give it as as as, as much. Uh, information out there as possible for people so that they can have that context of uh, understanding why the 29 folks that we talked about in the essays that we wrote um, were important. Um, and so that was that was a really fun challenge. Um, and what I discovered there was that, you know, there were not great moments in the rise and growth of the D&D community for a lot of people. There were people who certainly got stuff out of this game and, there were, and, and who loved it, but there were people who didn't look like us who didn't had different uh, uh, sexual orientations and things like that, that were not uh, as uh, welcomed at the table as they are now. And so it was really important, I think for us to kind of show like, okay, this is, this is the growth. This is how things were. This is how these people were always playing Dungeons and Dragons, but they weren't really a part of the oral tradition. When you thought of a, of a D and D player, they weren't the people that you thought of first. Um, and so now that is because of the ubiquitousness of, of video and images and social media, everybody who plays D&D can see each other. And we realized, I think, right around the time when I started, around 2015, that like it, there is no one type of D&D player. There, everybody, and in fact, in some ways, this is underlined by the mechanics of D&D itself, everybody needs to bring their own background, their own story, their own life history to the game and that will make it even more enriching for everybody else at the table like the game itself rewards uh, a diversity of, of of thought a diversity of, of backgrounds and so all those kind of things came together and i was really excited to be able to trace that from like okay this is where it came from but it's not even that game anymore now it is a, a game that is for so many people and and uh, different individuals get different things out of it and we got to focus on that for the for for this book and yeah. gosh there are so many different types of different people who are doing different creative things based on and inspired by uh this 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 game where you roll dice and pretend with your friends around the table yeah yeah that's that's super cool and uh, honestly to to wizard's credit especially these last few years we've seen that mindset come through in official releases uh, i i mean just thinking uh back recently the radiant citadel mm -hmm. like what mm -hmm. what a cool inspired book that probably would not have been possible a decade ago but but is now and so just I, I love seeing that kind of thing and just the the diversity and the the different the different viewpoints and uh the different people getting to share their stories that have not been told before which is which is super cool um and Absolutely. so kind of to kind of to that uh piece i wanted to talk to you both a little bit about um the rise of streaming mm. because as as you said you you've kind of covered it um in the in the book some but what would you say like how big of an impact do you think this is uh, the the streaming critical role uh dimension 20 uh there's just there's so many big ones that i just can't think of off the top of my head uh, <laughs> example high roll, b high example rollers, c high rollers uh <clears throat> um yeah there's there's yeah. all these big shows what do you think uh, how do you think those streaming type shows have affected the trajectory of the game kind of from their inception up till now even even officially 
I mean, officially, I think it was a, a, a big prong of why the popularity of D&D has grown as much as it has, right? Um, we have said this for a long time, but I think it was the quality and ease of understanding of the 5th edition rule set itself uh, and the fact that it concentrated on role play, uh, you know, the flaws system and that, things like that, like how, like, it's all about uh, giving each each player um, a choice at the table that feels uh, meaningful. I think that was a big part of it. I think the fact that nerd culture in general has grown. Uh, you mentioned video games. That is certainly a, a, a big part of understanding some of the basic concepts that are in D&D and the fact that so many people, you know, even if you play um, shooters or or even sports games to this, you know, like there's the idea of leveling up and growing in power over time. That all came from Dungeons and Dragons. And it's kind of ingrained into so much of our of our gaming culture now. So I think that was a big factor as well as the popularity of things like Lord of the Rings movies and, and Harry Potter movies, even the fact that they were 20 years ago, that meant that people who are into it when they were kids then are now growing older and they have the, the, the idea of, of wanting to emulate those stories and be a part of those stories. I think that was a big part of it. But the third prong for me has always been streaming because there is something that streaming other people playing Dungeons and Dragons and other people watching it. And, and by streaming, I also mean podcasts as well, like the live play podcast of people, um, uh, uh, sh uh, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons for an entertainment, um, for an audience. What that does is just allow folks to understand the basic concepts, kind of similar to the way playing the video games does. So the, the analogy I always use is you, when you were a kid and you were watching sports, you didn't learn how to play soccer or basket basketball by reading the manual of how to play soccer or what the rules of basketball are, right? You learn by watching a game and listening to the commentary and understanding what they were saying and why different things happen in the game and having uh, role models in the game that you want to emulate. Like, I want to be Michael Jordan. I want to be that. And I think that's what streaming did for Dungeons & Dragons where... People learned by osmosis. They learned how to play the game and how the framework of the game worked by watching other people do it and then emulating some of their their heroes. Right? Oh, I want to be a Bria Iyengar. I want to be uh, a Christina Ariel. I want to be these folks that they see and be like, all right, I and emulate some of the the heroes, the Chris Perkins, the Matt Mercers, the all those folks that you're out there. And I think that has allowed people to take that first step because that's always the problem with Dungeons and Dragons. Is hey, I want to play D and D. All right read three books and then form a group and then <laughs> schedule a time. Like there's a lot of barriers to that. And I think streaming removed one of those barriers where you didn't necessarily have to have a, uh, a complete comprehensive understanding of three rule books before you started playing. You could be like, all right, I kind of, I kind of got the basic gist of it. And I think, I think that's what streaming is, has done. Oh yeah. It, it definitely turned an encyclopedia set into a pamphlet. It's, you know, just you have the, the shorthand right there. It's like, okay, as long as I've got a set of dice and someone who kind of has a general understanding of how some of this stuff works, we, we've got a good shot of actually just jumping in and, and, and starting it up. And For sure. it's, like I said before, podcast got me into the idea of playing uh, Critical Role, got Ryan into it. And I, I think you're right. That's been a really good like easy thing that, you know, if someone's like hesitant about it or doesn't really know, it's like, I don't know, that seems like nerd stuff or whatever. All you do is just turn them on to, you know, just a stream for 
10, 15 minutes and you've got people who are interested in seeing what's going on, whether they're just, you know, RPing in battle or, you know, doing whatever, because everybody's having fun whenever they're doing their, their streams or their videos. It's, I mean, you, you kind of can't not have fun. That might've been a double or triple negative. I don't know, but you know what I mean? It's. <laughs> you can't not, not want to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think. Also. I, go ahead, Charlie. No, finish. I think I was just going to plus one something you said earlier, which was that people might've had a bad experience uh, having their first game and then streaming allowed them to kind of chase a, an ideal, right? You know, cause I, I'm thinking of the person in like 1982 goes into a game store and is like, I want to play D and D. And for whatever reason, they, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a die roll. You don't know if you're going to have the best experience among strangers in a game store in 1982. And then you'd be like, well, D&D is not for me. I, I didn't like the game because I had that one bad experience. That's what that's what that's your only knowledge of what D&D is. But streaming allows you to be like, all right, well, I had one bad experience. Maybe I'm going to try a new game or find something else that fits my style or fits, you know, with my with my friend group or something like that. And it allows you to kind of chase that ideal a little bit more and people bounce off a little bit less. Out. I agree with all that. And like, especially the, the many different types of games that are out there, you know, a game where people are in costume and using voices and then one that's more serious and people are just playing and playing. But what I also love about it is D and D is a very hard game to explain to someone who's never played like, but how do you win? But where's the board? <laughs> like, how, what, how does it end? Like, I don't know how to explain these things to you. Well, but we, if it's just your imagination, how is it even a game? You know, it's like we all win as long as we have fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's like you can actually like being played, and it really demystified a lot of that for a lot of people, and especially getting to see so many different playing Dungeons and Dragons and enjoying it and then getting to see someone who like you and can possibly imagine yourself sitting at the table. So I, it's been I just huge for the whole games industry. And I will admit I was one of those people that thought in the beginning, why would you watch somebody else play? And now I'm watch people play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love watching yeah. people play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's no. funny the like describing how to play or, or or you know what you do in the game is is always the the big key. It really is. Um, ever since I kind of fell into it, and I mean I, I've fallen pretty hard at this point. You know, I'm I've been <laughs> in multiple games. I'm of course running my own. I'm well, I'm doing a podcast about it. I think that says enough right there. But um, <laughs> you know, trying to get my parents to kind of understand like what the game is about because like you know they were never really. Um, you know, against it. Like there was never like a satanic panic when I was growing up with them or anything like that, but it was just never something that, you know, they're really into like fantasy and stuff. So, um, a couple of years back, I just did like a, a really quick one shot with them and my sister and, and, and Aww. my girlfriend. And we just kind of played really quick and I'm like, Oh, okay. kind of see what that is. And the dice rolls weren't super great. So it wasn't the best time, <laughs> but, um, you know, my, my mom came away with like a better understanding about it. She's like, I could kind of see playing again. It it wasn't for my dad though. He just, that's fine though. 
But uh, yeah, it's can't just, win them all. Exactly. But uh, all. I mean, just giving them that experience and stuff was something that was really cool. And, you know, the idea of it is a game for everybody and bring anybody in at any time is just the best part of it all. Yeah, I if someone if if someone told me that a, a few a few years ago that my my wife would be playing in a game that I DM and have an eleventh level wizard for a campaign that's been running for like two and a half three years, I would have said that's ridiculous. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way she would do that. Uh, but it it is it is pretty cool. It, and I, in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's a great social outlet I yeah. found, especially, especially these last few years. I mean, uh, we all, we all know how much the pandemic affected our social lives in a lot of ways and just being able to see people and be with people. And, uh, that was D and D was one of my outlets to be able to be with people in a lot of ways. And it, it was just a absolutely incredible thing that helped keep, keep us going uh, during that time it made a lot of really good friends and had made some uh, incredible memories uh, just through that. Uh, so I, I don't think that can be understated as well as Shelly to your point, uh, representation matters, right? Yeah. Just being able to see people who are like you playing and having fun and uh just thriving uh it can be such a huge boost to um to your ability to try and jump in or find other people uh that want that camaraderie that want that that same experience um so it's and it's, that it's super a big huge. that became a big part of what we were trying to do with dragon talk uh i don't think we really stated it early on but it, it really was about the fact that, I mean, uh, a lot of Shelley's previous books were about, uh, you know, coming into this game and not not thinking about, oh, I'm not someone who I, I would think of it would be playing D&D. And myself, I, I have a lot of other things going on. I don't just play Dungeons and Dragons. And I think we wanted to kind of show that through uh, who we are and, and the fact that we could just joke and be normal and, and talk about our lives a little bit and then talk about Dungeons and Dragons, I think really contributed to that idea that you don't have to um, fit any type of cookie cutter stereotype of what a D and D player was. And even in 2015, that was a big part of what people would say when you say, Oh, I play D and D like, Oh, you go into your basement and blah, blah, blah. you don't have any friends. I'm like, well, I mean, a, you need friends to be able to play. Like it's part of the thing. You can't, <laughs> you right. can't do it without friends. So it was always a false stereotype, but I think uh, once we started talking to people who are super successful in their storytelling careers, whether they were actors or comedians or anything like that, we were starting to just realize that like, look, you, it's a facet of your life. It's something that it can enrich your life. It doesn't need to be everything you do and all consuming, like some of the ways it was portrayed in, in, in movies and TV, you know, back in the eighties and seventies. And so, uh, that comes through, I think in this book as well, where it's like the dragon talk just became about including as many people who just happen to play D and D like that was the, that was the, the, the glue that made all of our weird, you know, conversations and side <laughs> jokes and all those things kind of come together. 
but it really was this idea of like, you know, everybody can play this. You, you can like reality TV and play this. You can, you know, love to write, uh, you know, uh, read chiclet on the beach and then also play D&D at night. Like there's there's no cookie cutter thing for for what makes a D&D player. And that was our, I don't know, kind of through line at the beginning. And then it continued. That's that's super awesome. Um, I love I love that you've kind of taken that and run with it. And, you know, now seven years later, there's just all, all that experience. Um, and so I kind of uh, kind of, you know, uh, slight spoil book spoilers. But I, I kind of wanted to ask both of you. Um, I, I don't want to say your favorite because I, I don't want to I don't want to make you pick. But uh, one that you thought was really interesting uh, one one essay or one like chunk of advice uh, from each of you that you, that you wrote that you thought was really interesting that uh, you could maybe tell us a little bit about and then so everyone will have to go check out the book for us. Really, um, I think me that didn't realize was going to have the the impact that it did was Christina Ariel, whom just one of the greatest most wonderful passionate delightful people in the D&D community she was when we just talked to her on dragon talk she was really relatively new to D&D she had i think she was maybe in like one stream at that point and like really brand new to D&D and just like always wanted to play but didn't have the opportunity and just like came at it with full force and just all of this passion and enthusiasm she's real nerdy like she's got some serious geek cred behind her but she's also a junkie myself and she loves reality tv myself it drives crazy but i do always try to drop a bachelor reference into almost every episode <laughs> of dragon talk and he hates it. it just makes him so angry but <laughs> didn't realize until talking to christina is who I am and it doesn't detract from how much I love d and I, I actually like to be both of those about so I can show people like but look you can be a D&D player you can be exactly like me somebody who's absolutely to like hunker down with a house marathon on HGTV when the rings is on in the other room I'm just going to be like I'm over here guys um, you can love all of those other things and still love Dungeons and Dragons. And Christian had like so unapologetically just dropping like comic book or over here and then like Real Housewives of New York lore over here and wear both. And I thought, hey, like there was a part of me that kind of down when I was like with the D&D crowd or like talking to like of our more like super and D&D you know guests even like I mean half the jokes will just be like right over my head but uh, <laughs> I felt like, like I don't I don't actually have to be a little bit ashamed that I watch The Bachelor and all everything on bravo i can it's it's who i am i can be both i can love both and i can absolutely fit into this community and just wear all of my passions with pride and uh ina was like she really like 
out to the forefront for me. And it was, I just thought I was, we were going to talk to a delightful human that would finally get all of my pop culture <laughs> jokes. Um, but she brought so much more. It was, it was really revolutionary. And unfortunately for Greg, that now means that I drop even more um, and nuggets from reality TV into every episode. So well, see, you, <laughs> next time you run a game and especially if you can get Greg to kind of join you, just drop in the bachelor as part of like, you know, five or six different encounters, you know, have a, not necessarily God. a rose ceremony, but like, you know, maybe some sort of weapon or something that's a, you know, you, rose you ceremonies. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Greg would be like the biggest murder hobo. If I had any, <laughs> <laughs> he would Come out swinging and he wouldn't stop. He would just be like, no, I die. All of you take your roses and go. <laughs> I feel like She-Hulk break the fourth wall style and be like, who's creating this garbage that's ruining <laughs> humans? Or just be a, be a druid and grow your own rose. That's no. right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I will say, um, uh, just Shelly, to your point, if you uh, want to see more of Christina, then uh, Dimension 20 has a great little mini run called Pirates of Leviathan that yes. she is on. And I love it. And I highly recommend if you want to check out some of her, her content, that is a phenomenal, uh, just little, I think, six or eight episode short run uh, that, uh, that I wanted to throw out there because... Uh, yeah, That's where phenomenal. she plays uh, Barbarella, right? Yep, uh, Bob. Yep, Bob, yep. I, I think when we <laughs> talked to her, she had the wings hanging up behind her uh, oh, yeah. at one point. And we were like, oh my God, those are them. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, this is a great one. Um, Greg, what about you? Uh, you know, God, there's so, I mean, that's part of the thing is that so many of these, uh, conversations and essays about them are inspiring. Um, but I want to shout out one, uh, person who, uh, I was texting with today. She's or this week. She was very excited that uh, she has an essay in here. It's Lauren Urban, uh, otherwise known as Obo Crazy, uh, on many of the social medias. I think she might have changed that actually. But uh, she is one of the uh, first guests that we had on that were, I, I think, kind of understood this larger D and D community. She had. Uh, come up um, from uh, a podcast that the D and D part of their podcast was like a smaller part of it, and then it blew up and got even bigger. And you know, it's a big part of uh, her professional life now. Um, but I love that she was a musician. She is a a, a concert oboist and can do uh, uh, any, uh, amazing things with that instrument. That I love just hearing and seeing, and how she gets excited about. Um, you know, the holiday time, because that's how she can book some gigs uh, and, and get some concerts uh, going and make those all happen. And she has a really uh, bit in, in, in the essay that I write about her where she plays um, an evil campaign. It's not something we talk about very often, but she was like, huh, she's such a good person, such a uh, giving community member. She's always shouting out folks. She's always giving encouragement online and, and Twitch streams and things like that. So we were like, what you play, you, you ran an evil campaign. And she was like, yeah, my players wanted it. So I, 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 I <laughs> wanted to see what could happen and, and how we would do it. And the insight that she gave in being a dungeon master for an evil campaign was honestly really good. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, you want the villains to, the, the villains don't think they're villains. They think they're the heroes of their stories. They're just 
don't have uh, the same goals uh, that we have. And then uh, she had mentioned how sometimes her uh, parties um, would end in TPKs and then she, they would just stop and create a new one. And she said, but that one, she's like, no, they, they won evil triumphed. Uh, the world was bad, I guess, which was good. My players had fun. That's all that matters. And that was like <laughs> such a fun lesson for me to be like, yeah, right. I mean, like there are bad things that happen in this game. There are failures. There's, you know, there, there are TPKs and each of them are learning experiences and things that we can grow from. And even, playing through a evil campaign can still be a, a learning experience, can be something that you can grow and change from. And uh, it was really, really great. And since that interview was again, one of our earlier ones in like 2016 or so. Um, it's just, it's been awesome seeing her be this, this kind of stalwart pillar in the community and doing so much great stuff and things like Codename Entertainment and, and uh, uh, you know, for a brief time, community manager at D and D and things like that. So like, uh, it's it's really great, and she's an awesome person, and I'm I'm so happy to highlight her in this book. Very yeah, cool. that's that's super awesome. Um, and for those who want to see Lauren in streams, D and D Beyond did a uh, fairly long running campaign uh, yeah. where she was a player. Heroes uh, of the Realm, I think, right? I, that I, I that her Okaira I, character. I yeah yeah I couldn't remember the name off the off the top of my head, but I know it ran it ran for a few years I believe. Um, it was a yeah. it was a fairly long running campaign, along with uh, several other wonderful people I know. Um, Adam, uh, who we had on here uh, a little while ago, he he was played in that. Uh, B Dave was was in that one. Todd Kendrick I believe was the DM. Uh, for that for a while so uh if you're if you're wanting to see some of her play it, it's funny because it's nice to have all these reference points because all all these people it's like you can read about them and then you could probably go watch <laughs> most yeah. of most of the people that uh you're gonna read about in this book i'm sure totally and that's go that's listen why to think... the interview too definitely <laughs> yeah. yeah and this book i think we're gonna be a, a, like a, for folks who maybe play or 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 have been into Dungeons and Dragons but want to know what's going on in this online community. I mean this this is a great guide. It is a bit of like, oh yeah, Christina, Lauren, uh there's so many folks within here. I, I don't want to just go down a list. You can check it out yourself. Um but at the end of this you'll be like, all right, I'm gonna follow these people. I'm gonna see what they're doing. I'm gonna watch their streams and you'd have a pretty good cross section of what's going on in the D D community right now. Yeah. On, on top of that, too, just having access to, you know, all these different creative people, it, it only enhances your own game and gameplay as well, because, you know, Ryan and I have talked about it before, you know, one of the best things about D&D is the fact that you can pull inspiration from just everywhere. So having access to, you know, all these wonderful people and like is essentially just a guidebook to them all is, is only going to help. Yeah. Get that bardic inspiration from actual bards. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, so since uh, I wanted to, to shift gears just a little bit, um, and since both of you have, have worked at Wizards for a while, I wanted to talk uh, just briefly about the, the growth of D&D. Because &D. Um, you, you've you seen a lot of it, uh, specifically 5e, because um, that has been, it's been, what, almost a decade now of a five e yeah God, just, so just eight years right now but yeah yeah we're 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 coming up on the the that 10 year mark and 
it's it's been it's been quite the ride and i've been lucky enough to have been here for uh, a good part of that um but i wanted to get some insight from both of you on just how how it's evolved kind of from from that start that dnd next play test to now and the like the the demographics you're seeing and the growth you're seeing, because if, if I remember right, I've just been seeing, you know, the Hasbro calls D and D, you know, double, triple digit growth year over year and those sorts of things. Um, and the amount of people playing. So I wanted to just kind of get a little insight, uh, from both of you on just, just the growth of, of five E. Sure. You want me to do this one, Shelly? All right. All right. You can give the context because you've been there, you know, through third and fourth and fifth. But uh, what's interesting about that is each time a edition of Dungeons and Dragons has come out, and this is true from, you know, all, all the way back in the 70s to fourth edition, really, where the uh, core rule books come out and everyone's really excited about them and uh, grabs a copy or borrows them from a library or wherever you get them. And there's this huge spike in um uh people buying those books and books sold and that's really great and it's always uh it tapers off people buy even though there's releases that come off there's people who are like all right well i don't need to buy the books i have these already and you know the revenue uh goes down and that's been true literally for every edition of dungeons and dragons except for fifth edition when fifth edition came out in 2014 it has just grown and it's unprecedented no one has ever seen this type of thing with a rpg game like this and what's gratifying about this too i'm using some of my pitches of stuff i've done in in more more <laughs> corporate settings so apologies if i use uh some some corporate marketing speak, speak. yeah <laughs> exactly. <You're fine. laughs> uh but we're you know we're getting a trajectory here the stonks <laughs> are higher um yeah, we, we got to work on the synergy yes exactly <laughs> right? uh, uh but what's what's really kind of interesting about that is not just you know, sales are increasing. It's sales of the core rule books are increasing. That means, and, and starter sets and the essentials kit and all those things, those are the higher sellers. Like, of course, the adventures and all those do really, really well too. People are excited about those and want to want to uh, talk about Spelljammer and Wild Beyond the Witchlight and, and all those. Like, there's there's been, a, I think, a, a shift in thinking about like the major story each year and how people want to get into and talk about that. So that's kept those really popular. But the thing that, that keeps boggling my mind is that through all of that, the core rule books are, are continuing to grow in, in sales uh, each year. And that just means there's people continuing to come into the, this hobby. And uh, that's amazing. I This growth, is, like I said, it's completely unprecedented. Um, and one data point that uh, you may not have read from the, from the Hasbro reports or from my corporate speak here, but sometimes I talk to journalist students uh, every once in a while they reach out to me because they need to fulfill a assignment uh that they have where they have to interview a brand or interview somebody and they want to meld their their uh uh you know hobbies with their schoolwork and they want to interview about dungeons dragon so I, if i have time I'll, I'll try to do these as much as i can and one uh about a year ago just also blew my mind where we're you know we're talking normal having a, a conversation similar to this one about the growth of D&D and streaming and stuff like that and then uh the person just says all right so can you just tell me why everyone on campus is playing 
And I was like, what do you mean everyone? She, he's like, everywhere I go. I go into the common area. I go there. I go this. And everyone is either talking about Dungeons & Dragons or playing Dungeons & Dragons or doing it. And I was like, tell me more. This <laughs> Um and and that's the kind of thing where like you can have all this data, you can have all of these you know uh, bombastic things that we say on on earnings calls and things like that. But for that, that was the thing that was like, oh wow, there really is. I I had no idea. I'm not on college campuses hanging out. You are, and you're telling me that there's like you know uh, this huge amount of demand amongst people 18 to 22. I mean, I don't know about demographics, but I think those are good uh, <laughs> folks that sh you know that uh, we want to be starting a lifelong hobby, right? Like getting into this and wanting to continue to uh, have all the benefits of playing with your friends each week and, and, and all the other stuff that we've been talking about in other parts in this interview. But like, that was the thing that was like, oh, this is, this is for real. Like there are, I did not have that growing up in, in, in my college campus. That was in, in fact, the opposite. We were like shelved away in a corner reading our D and D books, but there, everybody's out and letting their, their D and D flag fly. And I think that's, that's what's really changed and, and brought it home for me. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, like campaign settings, supplemental books, the, the core books and everything, they're all cheaper than actual like school books. So, <laughs> you know, any financial aid money that's left over, it makes total sense to just pick some up and then, you know, you've got a hobby for the entire semester. That's canon. So, you know. So what's really cool is seeing that a lot of people who were who grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons are now parents mm. and introducing the game to their kids as well. And and we're also making a, a more of an effort to try to introduce kids to Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of that inspired by the conversations we've had on Dragon Talk with educators who are like, this is an amazing tool to get kids uh, reading, to get them inspired to write, to teach them math skills some strategic thinking and then all those soft skills that are really hard to teach empathy inclusivity waiting your turn like that takes a long time that's hard to learn when you're a kid and also like being able to fail because we're all going to make mistakes or you're not going to be successful 100 percent of the time you roll D&D, it can actually be really funny. That can actually be a really great opportunity for a story to happen. We have um, D&D curriculum that can download. We've got our after-school club kits, which have come back. So if you're starting D&D club, like I am at an elementary school, you can, uh, buy, you can order this kit. We'll send it to you. It includes everything you need to get that club up and running. So it's a like nothing warms my heart more than seeing kids play D and D. So it's it's been really fun to see these players become introduced to D and D, and like you can just get you can just see them really connect with the brand and really connect with becoming an adventurer and and really get excited about the whole idea of like I can do anything I want. I'm super powerful in this world, and it's just it's very inspiring. That's very cool. I know um, uh, our niece actually ended up uh, start or she's starting to become interested in D and D just from watching Stranger Things, and like mm. you know seeing 
you know, younger kids play there. It's like all of a sudden, again, talk about inclusivity and just, you know, seeing people like you playing all of a sudden she's like, Oh, this is something that, you know, I might be able to do. And so for like part of her Christmas gift, I'm thinking of throwing together a one shot for her just so that she gets a chance to kind of play, uh, you know, with her mom and dad and, and everything and just, you know, have something fun and probably Christmas themed and, and, uh, just go in and, and give her that, that like little chunk of uh, fun, little imagination time. That's she? amazing. Um, she is 12, I believe. Perfect time. Uh, I, I actually just recently ran, uh, a little, a little one shot for, um, to, to the preteens in our neighborhood uh, because I heard one of them talking about it and like, I've never, never gotten to, to do this before. No, I don't have anyone, anyone to do this. And I was like, guess what? <laughs> I actually happened to DM just a little bit. And so we actually ended up gotten, getting to set it up. Uh, she invited her friend over. Um, I ran a little like three, three ash hour one shot uh, for them uh, that I've run several times before that I built in my own little homebrew world. And they had a made their own characters. Uh, she's an artist, so she drew them. And oh, it great. was just it was just so much fun. Um, really glad they they got that. And I, I've loved seeing uh, I shall you mentioned the schools, the school kits coming coming back we we recently um uh, several episodes back had uh, rj cresswell on who who is an educator um and talked to us a little bit about running the DD clubs at uh the school he was at and just how cool it is like just the growth of these DD clubs within like middle and high schools it's just just super cool to to see and kids coming out of their shells and you know, learning learning those things or being able to uh, express things or or feel things out in a safe environment um, or through a character is is a, a super big deal. So I, I think it's it's such an important in my mind it's such an important thing uh, to officially support that type of thing because uh that's that's kind of the future and if people are learning that empathy that inclusivity those skills early on uh be a lot better off for it <laughs> for sure well i mean i believe the children are our future <laughs> teach them D D. lead the way that's right that's right <laughs> Every time you say like the music just starts rolling as soon as as soon as you say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's 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 amazing stuff. Um, I'm just I'm so, so glad that uh, both of you are able to come on and just kind of give us a little a little preview of the book and, and talk a little bit about just the phenomenal growth, especially these past eight years have just been far and away greater than pretty much anything in D&D history as far as as growth and and outreach and diversity and uh not just in people but from D&D releases officially in a lot of ways uh which is which is super cool and then of course we have uh one D&D uh play tests that are going on right now uh, the and I love I love what you are all are doing just with the feedback mechanism 
with that. Like, let's let's create this together. Let's not create this in a vacuum. Let's let's create this together. Let's build upon the the foundation that's already there. Um, I think is a is a great way to do it. Um, so that things can be made even better than they are now. Totally. Yeah. And it's a it I mean, Shelly was there for D next, so you can speak to it more, but that's what I loved about that whole playtest was that it felt, you know, very similar and we're keeping that tenant going for, for this next iteration. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you were part of the D&D Next playtest, well, that's fifth edition. So you can see there was this constant feedback loop and it and it really was very, very thoughtfully put together. And that feedback was really analyzed and uh, processed. And, and I think the, the important thing was that the, I remember the team taking their time. They're like, we're not we don't have a release date. <laughs> we'll let you know when we're ready. <laughs> like, the, they just wanted to, to get it, it that's right. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. And I, and I, it paid off though. I think we got a really, really great addition here. Yeah. And we're already seeing that same sort of care being put into D and D one, just with the, the two play tests that we've already had. So I'm very excited and, and happy to, to one, be a part of it this time. Uh, but even more so just to kind of, you know, have those little sneak peeks here and there coming out to, you know, see what, what's, you know, been come up with and, and play around with it and be like, Oh, this is really neat. Or this might not work the way that they're thinking. And here's my feedback. And, you know, it's, it, it it's a great time to really, you know, just be a part of the hobby and, uh, you know, look towards the future. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, the, and I think we give a little tidbit about the D and D next play test that I don't think anyone is aware of. And that is the fact that Shelly came up with that name. No, I'm not sure that I came up with that name. Oh, we'll give you credit. Yeah, yeah. we'll give you credit for it. As far as 100%. we're concerned. Yeah. Came up, yeah. You came when, up when, when the book comes out, somebody might stand up and contest that fact. We'll, see. <laughs> we'll still support you no matter what, though. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's in Thank writing. You. It's in and writing. <laughs> I'm the first one to put it in print, I think. Yeah, so. there you go. That's what there matters. You <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, as we uh, as we we kind of wrap up our discussion, I just uh, wanted to thank you both again for for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both and learn learn some of the things that uh, are coming out in the, this book. Learn a little bit of the history and the background uh, of the growth of D and uh, It's always super cool to kind of get it from the source and people who have lived it as <laughs> as it's been <laughs> as it's been going on. Um, but we wanted to give you both uh, just a little bit of time to uh, promote your stuff, share where people can find you, where people can find the book, uh, and then anything else you might be doing currently. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shelly Moo. You can find on my website at ShellyMazanoble.com. And you can welcome to Dragon Talk, the book. Um, Anywhere that you'd like to purchase books, if you go to the University of Iowa Press and pre-order it there, word on the street is you'll get it early. So apparently they've got them there and they're just ready to ship them out. So don't delay. But of course, you can also go to bookshop.org and just plug in your local indie and you can order it from them. You could, you know, order it from your favorite online retailer. It should be everywhere. And if you want to listen to Dragon Talk, the podcast, you can listen anywhere that you get fine podcasts such as this one 
Um, and we have quite the extensive um, library. So if you haven't started listening to Dragon Talk, you've got about seven years to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> we did have one fan too recently who said that I'm starting a re-listen re to all re of Dragon Talk. Oh. We're like, wow, that's that's wow. amazing. Yeah, I got a free what weekend it? coming up. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of episodes. <laughs> hours and hours of content. Some of those episodes are like two hours long, too. So apologies <laughs> to you there. Um, but in addition to uh, listening to Dragon Talk, you can listen to us read Welcome to Dragon Talk. We have been recording uh, an audio book. Uh, it may not be out directly at uh, on December 5th when the uh, book is officially published, but it will be soon after. And you can get that anywhere that you purchase ebooks or, or audiobooks uh, out there there's a whole list of uh ones that i don't have in front of me right now but basically everywhere that you get those some of them uh were places i didn't even know that you could get audiobooks so that's pretty exciting and my voice is now fully recovered from from having recorded it it is actually <laughs> a grueling experience i am no uh trained vocal actor uh to be able to go through that um but maybe one day. I am at uh Greg Tito on Twitter at Greg underscore Tito on Instagram, um, at Greg Tito on co-host. I got to work on getting that in earlier, but I haven't posted anything there, but I'm worried about Twitter as I'm sure many, everybody is. So looking at other options, uh, out there, um, I, in addition to, uh, welcome to dragon talk and dragon talk and all that fun stuff. I made a short film. It's called ex-husband. Uh, it will be in festivals, hopefully in 2023. I'll let you know all about that on my socials as well as if you are a star trek the next generation fan check out re-engage uh it is a you know four aging gen xers going back to that series and watching it episode by episode and putting it in the context of when it first aired so we do some history and pop culture of uh we're in 1990 right now uh with the start of the fourth season of Star Trek The Next Generation, some really great stuff there. So uh, give that a listen. Uh, and again, that's where all podcasts are. So download the next one of D&D Discussions and Dragon Talk and re-engage and you'll have the trifecta. Perfect. That's that's, that's your commute right there. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, everyone be sure to check those out. Uh, Discussions.com. Uh, we'll have all these links in the show notes as well as the Twitter post. Um, ben, we also have a few uh, community content shout outs. The first, the first of which I will just say real fast, uh, the current spells, feats, subclasses, and epic boons 1D&D playtest got its survey extended. So I wasn't going to actually say anything because it was going to be done by the time this uh, episode came out on Monday, but they, <laughs> they've extended it to November 23rd. So if you haven't gotten your feedback in yet, do so. More feedback. More feedback. Please. The official survey is the best way, so I hear. Yes, to give it feedback. is indeed. We have insider so, information on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely... Uh, uh, if you've checked that out uh, or if you haven't read through it, uh, fill that survey out, give your feedback so that they can make one D&D the best edition of D&D yet. And then, Ben, you had a little something as well. Yes. Um, so full disclosure, I entered a Twitter contest and won this, but it is awesome. So I need to share it with anybody who is interested in running a Spelljammer game. Um, you want to take a look on DMs Guild. We'll have a link in the show notes, of course, um, to the Spelljammer Pirates of Realm Space. It's a supplement. 
It's the light package Ooh. trade, privateering, and merchant princes. And it is a 66-page like uh, supplement that is just jam-packed of awesome stuff for Spelljammer. Um, they've got a whole bunch of different like uh, you know planets, places to go, uh, different like realms of space. Um, that are controlled by, you know, various people and, and beings and everything. They have um, D100 tables for uh, like cargo that you can carry, different destinations. Just it's a supplement just full of so much stuff and, and just extra things. So if you're looking for um, adventure hooks, for things for your, your crew to do, just everything like this, check it out. It is really cool. So like I said, link in the show notes. Highly recommend it. It is awesome. That sounds awesome. great. Awesome. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Is there, is there a planet of tabaxi in that supplement? I have not had a chance to read the entire thing yet, but I will Hopefully. not be surprised. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hopefully. You know what? I got it open. No reason. No search. reason for that question, Shelly. Don't, <laughs> don't pick that up. And I didn't even hear it. Nope. <laughs> Okay, me me and Ben love our cats around here. Oh, definitely. Yes. Love our kitties. I mean, they, they, are, they are included on the, the D100 species randomization table, so you know what? I don't see why not. I like it. I like there it. You well, go. you're all honorary tabaxi. Yep, a planet in Nile space uh, is has a uh, native population is uh, humans Ooh. and tabaxi. I love it. I love it. Go. I'm picking <laughs> up this supplement right now. <laughs> um. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben, for the supplement. Like I said, link in the show notes. And then, as always, uh, before we go, uh, we usually take the last few minutes to talk a little bit about what we're doing in our own D&D games. And we did warn Greg and Shelly beforehand <laughs> that we were going to put them on the spot for this. So, uh, Shelly, you give me the the, the wide eyes. Uh, <laughs> can we, maybe we'll start with you. Um Usually uh, we, we just share kind of what we're doing in our own games. But uh, if you have a cool thing that you're doing right now in a game or a cool moment that you absolutely love that you want to share, um, we'd love to hear that. I mean, I can answer those because I did DM fairly recently, like last weekend. Oh, okay. Very, Perfect. As you know, that's kind of a big deal for me that now I'm just like out here running games for people but <laughs> i played um the wild beyond the witch light door that adventure but i hadn't had a i never thought of running it but i picked it because of i was dming for a family and the two girls would just get a kick out of being at the carnival and uh, there's so many cool story hooks with that and also i am I completely lack confidence as a dungeon master, but I am a great host. So I have decided to just really up my host game and that I brought in a lot of like carnival themed food oh, and so decor cool. and neat. we were eating cotton candy and like these little mini marshmallows that were called unicorn poop. And we had <laughs> lots of sugary <laughs> drinks, like big like sodas and like glass bottles and uh, had some costumes and props and stuff and so and i had a really great soundtrack that was circus music but it was actually like really cool circus music wow and so i, I want to like, play in your game like, like they're not if this is 
if the game was any fun at all, they'll but they will remember like, damn, the food was good and the music was fun. And why was she wearing that little top hat? But um, <laughs> I was into it. I, I just and one of them was even like, this is so immersive. I'm like, you get it. You're totally getting it. Though, <laughs> so, um, there's so much to do in that carnival. We we did, in fact, do the snail races. There is a snail named Shelly Moo. Um, and she from she did not win in place in our game. And from what I've heard from people telling me on Twitter, she has never won. Um, so, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but I appreciate everybody who's putting their money on her anyway. Um, they're just coming up short. But I guess that's my tip for you. Any dungeon masters that maybe are not entirely confident in your game skills. Don't worry about it. Just a bunch of food and candy and sugary drinks and people are going to have a really good time. <laughs> that is the trick. That Very is cool. The trick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great, that's a, that is a great module as well. Super, super cool. Very unique so module. Yeah. Greg. They, um, oh, yeah. There's I just like, yeah, there's, there is a lot to do at that carnival. So uh, be, be prepared. Mm -hmm. Ish. Of not too prepared, <laughs> but not too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Greg, what about you? Um, well, I mean, uh, I'm thinking of adding a planet of tabaxi people uh, into <laughs> the session that Shelly and I run uh, at the end of each dragon talk. We do like a five minute session. Uh, so spoiler alert. Uh, I think you kind of saw that where it was going anyway, but I'm using the Radiant Citadel as a launching off point for that and having one of the lost civilizations uh be tabaxi so i'm really excited about about melding awesome. two two things of D, D lore together that i don't think anybody has put together quite that way or at least i haven't heard of it so that's really exciting and then this weekend i'm running for also for some kids my uh daughter is nine and sh her friend that she's known for a long time is just getting into dungeons and dragons now too and he had a friend in school and so the three of them are coming over and i don't know what i'm gonna run i'm gonna Play it by ear like I normally do, especially with kids. Uh, I will not go the full uh, food and snacks route uh, that Shelly is going, but I will try to make it as immersive as possible. Because oh, you're a good dungeon master. I will try. I will certainly try. I'm going to use one of the starter sets, and uh, we'll see. I'll give you guys all a report on how that goes. Oh, that's awesome. Like you said, kids, kids are just so much fun to run because their creativity is just... Yeah, Boundless. and that aha moment you get with them—the same one that you were describing about being a video game player—and then, wait, I can do anything. I'm the Lizard King. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for that moment uh, with the uh, with these three kids. Oh, that's so awesome! I I hope that goes just amazingly for you, for you. Uh, ben, I know you have things going on. Yeah, I. There's been two sessions since we played last. I will try to condense this as much as possible because it's a lot. Um, so uh, to give you you both a little bit of a backstory, I have a um, excuse me, a paladin who's looking for this relic. Uh, she's a paladin of Bahamut, and she's looking for a weapon created by Bahamut. So uh, long story short, uh, they were working for some people getting some, you know, or, or working for a, a gentleman getting some information to find out where the sword might be and all this stuff. Meanwhile, running jobs for them. And then they finally got all the information, headed to the cave. They're going to fight a white dragon. It was 
a volcano and it was guarded by some fire giants and uh, really cool. They charmed the giants, were able to just kind of walk right past, completely skipped a, an encounter that way, which was awesome. Get inside. <laughs> no white dragon. It's a female red dragon. This was very unexpected. They ended up killing the red dragon and like, okay, great. She grabbed the sword. And then the elf that they've been working for, that's been giving them all these things, walked in, said, great. Give me all your magic items. Give me uh, the the cleric's relic that he has and get out of here because uh, that sword's mine. Turns out this guy that they've been working for this entire time has been a very evil red dragon who has been plotting to get a relic that the clerics had for many months. Ow. And you're the DM? You ran this? Yep. So that's you. You did that. Oh, yeah. I did that to them. They hated me for it. (laughs) I like that you try to make that third person like, it turns out. <laughs> they, but no, that was you. That was all your yeah. plot. So then, oh my God. yeah, we left it off. Like the, the first dragon they had kind of a hard time with. Then that was an adult. So now the ancient dragon that's there ended up fighting him. Um, Sentinel is an amazing feat. The dragon could not get away because of it. They ended up killing him too. And uh Yeah. It was pretty great. I, I've I've been holding out to that reveal for like the last year and a half, and oh, uh, wow. yeah, it, it it was pretty great. Feels we, so we good. Had a lot of fun with it, man. And they hated me for a little while, which is you know, <laughs> it happens. Yes, that payoff you need though. Yeah, you know, that is perfect. You know you did. You know you did well. Yeah, the bard had in, an inkling. She, uh, they went to like a big fancy party, and you know he knew the history of like all these different things, and was talking about it and stuff. And she's like, "I think that guy's a dragon," but everyone else said, "No, no, no way. He's not a dragon. He was a dragon. <laughs> Everyone's so, a dragon." It was, oh, it was so player good. got a player gets an "I told you so" moment too. Oh yeah, she yeah. loved it and danced around in that for quite a bit. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, good stuff. Well, uh, with that, I think that is going to wrap it up for tonight, as unfortunately I have not gotten to play uh, <laughs> a whole lot lately, but it is it is coming. There are Shadowfell adventures coming up for my Fun. wonderful party. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to to get that game back going. But again, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Shelly. so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking. Thank you so much for having us. This has been great. All right, Ben, send us off. All right. Uh, well, first of all, if you have any really cool stories that you want to share with us about, uh, you know, some new games, old games, whatever you're doing, you can always email us. Send those to dndiscussions at gmail.com. If you have something a little more short form, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter currently. Uh, that is at dndiscussions. Uh, if you're looking for Ryan himself, he is at tbkzord. If you're looking for me, I'm at Ben Bumhofer. Um, if you want to hear us play in a game, guess what we are uh, back in rhyme of the frostway we had our first session on monday which means that that's going to be coming out again soon uh we were kicking off where we left off before our hiatus and that's plus five to hit check it out lots of fun uh other than that hey this is episode 78 77 other episodes uh if you like this one want to hear more check us out anywhere that podcasts are basically if you're listening to us right now the same place has every other episode we've ever done. So check us out. All right. Very cool. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, again, thank you, Greg and Shelly. Take care, and we will see you next time. Yep. Until then, <laughs> be good to each other. Bye-bye. Chaotic good.
<laughs> oh, I like that. I might have to That's change right. that going forward. Yes. Be chaotic, good to each other. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. 